No, 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 no. T I G E R S. Fight, 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 fight. Mike, it's not even a top a thousand moment all time. Okay, Tommy, shut the hell up, man. Mike. Oh, of course, he... I'm gonna go with the right answer. It's Ryan Eads of the Baltimore Orioles. He only he's only wore the number eighty for uh, eight games. He's only one of two players. You know what? No, no, I'm not gonna take this. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Go Chat. We're here for episode ninety nine. And as always, we start each episode with the go of the number. Kind of sad today. The last go of the number that we're going to do here. Um, and it's a big one, of course. So I'm going to start with Connor Wood. Connor, who are you going with for the go of the number 99? There's only one answer and one answer only. And I hope this is the unanimous one for our final go of the number. I have to go with Wayne Gretzky. You guys know I'm not huge on hockey, but... He is arguably the best nine, easily the best 99, arguably the best hockey player of all time. Like everything, 15-time All-Star, four-time Cup winner, nine-time Hart winner, 10-time Ross, five-time Bing, five-time Pearson, two-time Smith, and he's in the NHL Hall of Fame. I mean, he was he, he was just incredible. Um, yeah, it's Wayne Gretzky. It's a great pick, Connor. Uh, Mike, who do you have? <clears throat> Wayne Gretzky. I mean, at, at one point he had – Three straight seasons of over 200 points, four four seasons of 200 points in the span of five seasons. I mean, he won the MVP nine times, almost double-digit MVPs. No one in any other sport really comes close, and he was kind of doing it more of a modern era, although hockey has been a, ga <clears throat> a game that has progressed immensely over the years. He was just so many levels above and beyond the rest of his competition is something that we will never see in um, any advanced sport um, for the rest of our time. So, I mean, it's Wayne Gretzky 100%. Yeah, I, you know, I'm going to have to agree with you. I think that I have to go with Wayne Gretzky. I know that people <laughs> wouldn't be happy. Um, but, you know, you gave all the stats, Hall of Famer, obviously, four-time cup winner, 15-time All-Star. But this is a pretty good uh, number, I would say, overall for 99. It's like Wayne Gretzky is the greatest, but you have, of course, my favorite, Aaron Judge. How could, you know, that's who I truly wanted to pick, but I didn't because I knew it wouldn't be well-received. But Manny Ramirez, too, another good 99. Um, and that's just from baseball, but... Um, yeah, I got to go with Wayne Gretzky today. Matt, it seems like you're not allowed to pick for go to the number 99. Oh, man. What the heck? That's my bad, Matt. Who, who are you going with, buddy? All right. Well, I'm going to go with Wayne Gretzky, too. Um, you know, you guys said everything, so I don't think I'm really going to reiterate it. I would just like to point out that he did win eight of his nine MVPs in a row. So. That's incredible um, to even do that. Like, it's it's mind-boggling to see that. I mean, you're not going to see that in any other sport. I really don't think you're going to see that any, like, in the future, to be honest. And I, I think Wayne Gretzky is one of the greatest athletes of all time, too, to, to dominate in their sport. I mean, me and Connor have talked about it before on our other podcast, uh, Fall the Herd, previously. But I, I just think so highly of Wayne Gretzky. Tommy made a really good point, though, about how number 99 is such a, a good number um, as far as athletes. You know, you have Aaron Donald in the NFL, who's just destroying offensive lines every Sunday. J.J. Watt, who is at a peak in his career and is now, I mean, there's an, he's gotten 
the Walter Payton Man of the Year award for all of his off the field stuff. I mean, that's a, that's what it's all about, you know, an athlete that can give back as well. Aaron Judge definitely appears to be a superstar on, on the field when he's healthy. You know, I mean, so many great athletes here for number 99. Definitely. Um, any final thoughts on go to the number? This is very sad, Tommy. It is. What the heck? I wish I went with Judge just because it's the last one and, like, I should have gone with a baseball player to end it, but... Tommy, knuckle, I was very surprised. I, I, I was ready for Matt to flip out. I want everybody who's watching to drop down in the comments your favorite go to the number segment that you've seen, whichever one, <clears throat> whichever one and let us know. Okay, for sure. Drop in the comments. We got a good episode for you guys today. Last two episodes, we talked about the NFL, AFC, NFC. Now we're going to be into the NFL awards, very early predictions. So we will see you guys after the break. <laughs> Welcome back to Go Chat. We are back with some NFL awards. The NFL season is about to get underway under two weeks, I think, <clears throat> until the season comes up. So we're all really excited. We went through the AFC predictions. We went through the NFC predictions. We gave our playoff predictions to a certain extent with the Super Bowl. Now we're going to give our NFL awards predictions. I mean, we did this last year before. We did this midseason form. Now we're going to be doing this for the 2022 NFL season. We got the Coach of the Year, Comeback Player of the Year, Defensive Rookie of the Year, Offensive Rookie of the Year, offense, Defensive Player of the Year, Offensive Player of the Year, and the MVP. We're going to be running through that all episode. And we're going to start with the Coach of the Year. Last year, Coach of the Year was won by Kevin Stefanski of the Cleveland Browns. Connor, who do you think would take this in the 2022 NFL season? So I'm actually going to go with a first year NFL coach. And, you know, I mentioned, I mentioned um, in our AFC award predictions that I think this team's going to come out and be really good. And it's a team that was so close last year and they just lost a lot of games by less than one possession. I mean, I'm going to go with Brandon Staley at the Los Angeles. Stop taking my thunder. Oh I, my gosh. I, I just think bringing, bringing him in has just already made the team exponentially better. You know, they actually have, a leadership um, person in the head coaching role rather than um, Anthony Lynn. And I think it's just going to prove that the teams are going to get better. You know, Justin Herbert's just going to keep getting better. And I think he, he's really going to be a very good head coach in the NFL. And I think he's going to show it here in his first year and he's going to win the coach of the year award. All right. Well, it, that's my coach of the year too. So we'll just run through that. Um, Still my thunder again, Tommy. Yeah, I'm going to go with Sean McDermott of the Bills. I think that, um, you know, he's coming off a really good year in which they went 13-3, and three, went to the postseason. And, um, you know, at the same time, I think something that could hurt him is there's a lot of talent on that team, right? And a lot of times when you see with these Coach of the Year awards, it's guys that, you know, they elevate their teams that are solid, but, um, you know, they take them to another level. But, um, you know, I think that, the Bills are going to have another really good year. And, you know, obviously he's going to be a big part of it. So I'm going to take him. Uh, I'm going to predict him as the coach of the year right now. Michael. I'm going with Bruce Arians. I just think that the Bucks are going to be such a good team this year. I think they're going to finish 15-2, 16-1. And when you have that type of record, it's kind of hard for you not to win coach of the year. So I'm going with Bruce Arians. All right, moving on to the comeback player of the year. Last year was won by Alex Smith. Of course, a great, um, a great win there. Uh, we thought it should have been named, renamed the Alex Smith Award, but um, 
It wasn't. Who knows? Maybe they will in the future. But there's a lot of great players in the Comeback Player of the Year award. Unfortunately, we saw a ton of injuries last year. So, Mike, I'm going to throw it to you. I, I feel like you're going to go with the guy with the highest odds here in Dak Prescott. Yeah, 100% Dak Prescott. I think he's going to come out and um, still perform at a very high level. Connor, I have no clue why you're shaking your head like that. This offense is going to be um, absolutely lethal, and uh, it's going to be Dak here 1,000%. Connor, you're shaking your head. Do you think you have a better pick? Absolutely. I think I have a better pick because arguably the best player in the NFL is coming back after an injury, and that's CMC Christian McCaffrey. You know, obviously he played he played only two games last year. He played in the first game, got hurt, came back, I think, against Kansas City um, in a really close game and then got hurt again there. And then those are the only two games he played in the entire year. And I think He's going to be a part – he's going to be the entire offense really there in Carolina. I think, you know, obviously Sam Darnold's still going to be progressing. You know, he's got a good connection there with Robbie Anderson. But the offense is going to flow through Chris McCaffrey. Um, they're going to put the workload on his back. And I, he's the player that's going to be able to take on, take it on. You know, I mean, he can catch the ball to the backfield. He can, he can run the ball. He's incredibly agile. I just think that he's going to come out and he's going to have a really good year. He's going to have that year that we think, you know, he's going to have that – number one overall fantasy draft pick year that everyone expects him to have. And it's going to make him come back player of the year in the NFL. Tommy. That's a good pick. I'm probably going to go with Dak Prescott, though. I think I'd have to agree with Mike on this. And I mean, you know, he's been quite consistent. He played every single game uh, for the Cowboys prior to last year. And he only played in five because of that injury. So, you know, he's going to be eager to get back out in the field and, you know, the Cowboys, obviously, they've had a lot of high expectations and they haven't lived up to them. So I think he's going to come out and have a big year. Um, so that's what I'm going to go with. Me and Connor, I think, are just sharing notes. I don't understand why CMC is not on the highest odds because CMC is just one of the best athletes. Like Connor said, one of the best players in the NFL. Nothing against Dak. I think he'll have an okay year, a good year if he comes back with his injury. Um, Mike, I don't know why you're like, Okay. Okay. Oh boy. Why does this happen? Whenever like I I just say something literally like something very little that's so wrong about like the Cowboys, you just like freak out. It's like I don't know, Mike. It's it's ridiculous. But I think Christian McCaffrey is gonna have a much better year than Dak Prescott, and I'm sorry. That that's just I think that's a fair reason, reasonable thing to say. So I think CMT would just battle this one out over Dak. Um, but there's a lot of great picks too. Saquon, Nick Bosa, Carson Wentz, uh, Joe Burrow. Love Joe Burrow, but a lot of great picks for this. Uh, next one, we're going to go to the defensive rookie of the year. Um, another great, uh, another great award. A um, lot of great picks. Connor, I'm going to throw it to you first. Who do you think would win this? This is the one where I am going to go with the Dallas Cowboy. Um, you know, I said it pre-draft back in April that I think Micah Parsons is the number one defensive prospect that came out of this year's draft. I just think he has the most upside. Yeah, his talent may have been really raw, but I just think he's so explosive. And we saw that in flashes there at Penn State. And, you know, we saw it in the Hall of Fame game. He was able to force a fumble and then recover the fumble. I, I just think he's going to be really good on a really bad Dallas Cowboys defense. And it's, he's just really going to – he's going to show off more than others because he's not on a very good defense and it's going to make that light really shine farther down on him. Uh, I have to go Mike Parsons. Mike, it's a Dallas Cowboy. You're going to go with him too, two in a row. 
it's a very tough decision because like I, I had some critiques about Micah Parsons coming into the league and stuff like that. I still believed in, you know, his athletic ability. I just thought he was a little bit raw, but from what I've seen so far, I am going to take Micah Parsons right here is I think the Cowboys are going to utilize him all over the field. They are going to put him um, in a normal Mike position. They'll have him rushing the pass or they'll have him uh, pretty much doing everything. And he's very versatile and he's just going to be, a major upgrade over Jaden Smith and the Cowboys are going to have a bunch of different linebackers that they're going to be able to throw out. But I think so far and from the way that they've utilized him, the preseason is the exact way you want to utilize a rookie with such raw athletic ability um, by putting him in plays where he could just go in a straight line and make only one or two reads instead of, you know, trying to read the whole defense. So I like what Dan Quinn is doing with Micah Parsons. I think he'll put him in a position to succeed, which will end up in defensive rookie of the year. Tommy. I'm going to go with somebody else. I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right, but is it Jamin Davis from the Washington football team? Got to go with him. First round pick uh, back in 2021, 19th overall. Put together a solid uh, college career at Kentucky. Had, let's see here, 144 total tackles, five interceptions. So, um, I think that he's going to have a big year with them, and uh, that's my pick. Actually, I love that pick, Tommy. I was actually battling between the two guys that have, have been named, and I think I'm going to go with Micah Parsons uh, for his raw talent. Um, I think he was one of the best defensive players in this past draft. Um, I know Connor was very high on him, too. But I love the Davis pick because I feel like he's going to fit right into a fantastic Washington defense. The only thing that I think is going to, might be an issue is because there's so many stars on that Washington defense. I think that he's he's not going to get the credit that due. Now, he's going to be good, but I'm not sure if he's going to get the credit due to fit that defensive rookie of the year position. Um, but with Micah Parsons, I think Dallas's defense is, was abysmal last year, and I think he's going to come in and help that defense out. Uh, be a little better and we even saw like Mike said with Dan Quinn uh, the 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 connection that they have or the um, communication that they have I think is going to really help them this year and really uh, help the Dallas defense that really needed help last year so I, I'm going to go with uh, Micah Parsons from Penn State for my defensive player of the year we move into offensive rookie of the year one player I do want to shout out that could be a sneaky pick well not really sneaky but I think JC Horn has a real shot at defensive player of the year he's gonna be that number one cornerback in Carolina and he's he's a dog he he's able to play man he's able to play zone and he's got that attitude you need from a corner so I think uh he'll definitely have a shot I was deciding between him and Parsons but I end up going with Parsons but I just need to shout out JC Horn for a second and even Pat Pat Sertain I think the problem with him is the cornerbacks that the Broncos already have but the the game against Minnesota last week already got a pick six pretty cool for him in the preseason game I think he's going to be really good too but JC Horn is also would be a good pick um, for defensive rookie of the year going into offensive rookie of the year I think that this is uh you know I think it's kind of an easy pick for me so I'll, I'll start I'm gonna go with Trevor Lawrence I think he's the best quarterback in the draft uh, by far I think he's going to elevate the Jaguars offense not going to make him a playoff team but I think he's going to elevate the offense and really help them out and you know with his star ability I think he's the most NFL ready quarterback and he's going to go in week one and just start lighting it up Connor so 
as much as I want to come on here and say that Zach Wilson is going to win offensive rookie of the year, you know, Elijah Moore is going to go out and be a great wide receiver and win offensive rookie of the year. I'm not going to do that, you know, um, but I'm also not going to go with Trevor Lawrence. I'm not going to go with a quarterback at all. I'm going to go with someone who I think came into a situation and is immediately going to be um, a number one target on the team. And it's going to be Kyle Pitts there in Atlanta. I just think that he's, he steps in and he's just going to be explosive right away. You know, it's going to be him, Matt Ryan and Calvin Ridley. That's going to be the three there in Atlanta. And I think he's really going to show up. You know, we've seen tight ends in Atlanta, like Tony Gonzalez really um, just play incredible with Matt Ryan. And I think we're going to see that with Kyle Pitts. You know, he, he arguably was the best player in this, this year's NFL draft, completely NFL ready type, you know, Trevor Lawrence, um, great quarterback, Overall, I, I think Kyle Pitts just had the most upside coming out of the draft in April. And I think he's just going to have a very good rookie year. And I'm going to go with Kyle Pitts. I think Trevor Lawrence was definitely the best player in the draft. Definitely. <laughs> I would say Pitts would be second, but I think Trevor Lawrence is, was the best player in the draft. I don't, I don't know where, why you would think Trevor Lawrence isn't the best player in the draft, Connor. I, you know my take on Trevor Lawrence. I don't think he's going to be a great NFL quarterback. Okay, Mike. I'm going Trevor Lawrence, too. Uh, I, I just think that he's going to be put in a position to succeed under Urban Meyer. There's He has a good amount of weapons there. You know, Marvin Jones, uh, DJ Chark, LaVisca Chanel, Ron Etienne is a little scat back. They still have James Robinson. Their offensive line is like, kind of a little bit underrated. Their interior is uh, really, really good with uh, some of the best centers and guards in the league. And I think that they're going to be in a position where they're going to need to pass the ball a lot, which will, you know, obviously help boost his stats and uh, elevate him to that offensive rookie of the year award. Tommy, finish this off here. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you, Matt and Mike, on Trevor Lawrence here, like you said. Uh, first overall pick in the draft last year, and obviously a lot of high expectations, and we'll see if he can live up to him. But we know what he was able to do in Clemson. He was outstanding. I mean, over 10,000 passing yards, uh, 90 touchdowns. He was great. And, you know, like you said, got Urban Meyer there to help him out. So I think that'll be big as well. One thing is he won't have Tim Tebow, which that might hold him back a little bit, but still going to go with Trevor Lawrence. I think we just have a Trevor Lawrence hater in Connor, to be honest. Uh, and I think that's why he didn't pick Trevor Lawrence. Did I even I know just, yet? I, I think Kyle, I think Kyle Pitts is just going to have a great year. He stepped in to uh, an offense with already an established quarterback who's going to be able to get him the ball. You know, I mean, Trevor Lawrence, he has targets there, you know, DJ Chark, Marvin Jones. I just, I'm not a believer in Trevor Lawrence. I never have been. Not to say that he wasn't the best college prospect coming out as a quarterback in this year's draft. I just don't think his game's going to translate to the NFL. I mean, in, in his first preseason game, and I know preseason means absolutely nothing, he didn't look good. He looked pretty good. What are you talking about? He made a – he threw a dime to – um. Marvin Jones. Was it? Marvin Jones, that's what I was thinking. He threw a dime to Marvin Jones. I think he looked fine. His numbers did not look great. What uh, his numbers? I, I didn't think his numbers were that bad. I don't necessarily remember them, but it was the first preseason, preseason game. I'm not going to buy um, too much into it when he only played like 20 snaps. So, Right, of course not. But, I mean, I just 
you guys know how I've been. I don't believe in Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Yeah. Th- there's really no point in us trying to touch on this anymore. It's like me and Matt are trying to beat a dead horse to death and vice versa with you <laughs> talking to us about Trevor Lawrence. He was but, six or nine with 71 yards. That was, that was his stat line, but we can move on. Yes, um, please move on, Matt. <laughs> okay, we'll move on to the defensive player of the year. Mike, I'm going to throw it to you first. Uh, last year, it was Aaron Donald, who was just a monster. Can he 2P here, or you got another guy? No, I got another guy. I'm going with uh, Miles Garrett. Um, I think that he's probably the best edge rusher in the league. Um, next to a guy like TJ Watt, obviously Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack. But I think Miles Garrett, in my opinion, edges them out. He just applies so much pressure <clears throat> on opposing tackles each and every week. They have to double team him. Um, and I think getting other guys to um, – he's never really had that other ed, edge rusher that can alleviate some of the pressure. And I know Jadavion Clowney, his, his sack numbers aren't good but he's still a respectable pass rusher because he still gets pressure on the quarterback. I think when you put uh, the combination of him and some of the other guys they brought him, they brought in on the other edge and down the middle at the defensive tackle position. I think that that, that's going to help alleviate some of the pressure from Miles Garrett. I think he's going to tear up the lead this year. Definitely a great pick there. Connor, who are you going to go with? I'm going to agree with Mike and go Miles Garrett um, for a very similar reason. You know, he never really had another guy there on the outside um, that the offensive line really had to worry about. He's going to get less double, um, um, less double teams on him. And I just think he's going to be able to explode. Um, you know, Aaron Donald obviously is going to have high sack numbers. He's going to have high tackle for loss numbers. He's going to force fumbles. You know, he's going to have QB hits. I just think Miles Garrett's going to be a, a huge part of Cleveland, in Mike's opinion, making it to the Super Bowl. I don't know. It's sounding like you're making the case for me right now. Tommy. See, this is a tough one. I was so I think that you have a great pick. I was gonna go with TJ Watt, but I just saw that he's negotiating a contract, so he hasn't been there yet, right? So um, or is he there now? I'm gonna be honest, I have no clue. I don't know. We're going to go with TJ. I think that TJ um, has played really well, three-time pro bowler, two-time all-pro. And, uh, you know, he might not take the field, but still we're going to put him. I don't know. We got to figure out that contract situation. But I think he is there. He I don't, is there. Okay. I think so. I don't think he's playing at all because in its preseason, so I don't think they would really play him. But I do, I believe, I do believe he is there. Okay. Well, thank you. Um, so no, that's, that's a good pick, Tommy. I was thinking about going with TJ Watt too, but I think I have to go with Miles Garrett. Um, this Browns defense is really going to elevate this year. They're pretty good last year. And, uh, he's, he's just smiling because he thinks we're boosting his, uh, his pick by no means. I don't think (laughs) this is just music to my ears right now. Keep going, man. I'm not, I didn't, I haven't said a word. I don't think they're going to be a Super Bowl team because offensively, I don't think they're there. But defensively, I think they're a good enough team to make it to the playoffs and quite possibly go further. Um, if that makes you feel better, Mike. <laughs> um, but no, I think <laughs> I think with this defense, how they um, did in, well in the draft, getting JOK in the second round was deal. Greg Newsome first round, and then they added Jadavian Clowney this uh, off season on the opposite side of Miles Garrett. And it's just going to really benefit Miles here where the defense is getting better. And 
like Connor said, you're going to have to worry about other guys other than Miles Garrett. When last year, quite possibly, that's what the offense was worrying about the most was Miles Garrett, and that's really what they're putting their focus on. So when they're bringing in new guys here, I think that Miles Garrett's going to improve the most um, from a better defense, and I think he's going to go with the defensive player of the year. I mean, even midseason form last year, he looked like he would be a defensive player of the year candidate. Um, and, he, and even towards the end with T.J. Watt and Aaron Donald, obviously Donald won it, and T.J. Watt, I think, would was second, I believe. But still, he looked like a defensive player of the year type of player, and I think he's really going to elevate his game this year. But T.J. Watt is a great pick, Tommy. I think he's also going to have a good year, and he quite possibly can win it. And Aaron Donald would even be a good pick here because it's just Aaron Donald, and it's probably the safest pick you could go with um, if, if you wanted to go with Aaron Donald. But all great players. I think that that's going to be one to watch as defensive player of the year come next January. But adding into the offensive player of the year, this is one of my favorite awards because you never know what type of player is going to get it. You know, MVP is dominated by quarterbacks. Um, and, and even offensive rookie of the year really is dominated by quarterbacks. And when you have the offensive player of the year, you could get a quarterback, you could get a running back, you could really get a wide receiver here. So I think there's a lot of great options. And I'm really interested to hear what you guys have to say. Connor, I'm going to start with you. Who do you think would win the offensive player of the year? I'm going to go with one of those receivers. And uh, I'm going to go with the one who's going to be a part of a last dance this year. I'm going Devontae Adams. I, I just think that they're just they're they're just going to mend on a whole nother level. You know, they they have everything to play for. This could this is possibly their last season together as a duo. And they're, they're going to put everything on the field. You know, he's, he's going to get over, over, probably over 110, 115 targets at least. You know, he's going to have way more than that, probably close to the amount of catches as that. I just, he, he's going to be so good. He's going to be so good. And they're, they're playing for everything. Um, he's going to put it all, all out on the field. I have to go to Devontae Adams. Mike? <clears throat> that, that's a good pick there, but uh... – I'm going to go with Calvin Ridley in Atlanta. I think he's going to absolutely pop off this year with no Julio. We saw what he did last year in the, in the sample space where there was no Julio. He playing like one of the best wide receivers in the league. I only think he's going to get better this year. Obviously, if you're really worried about that cornerback one, uh, you know, shadowing him, whatever, Connor brought, brought up some great points about Kyle Pitts. And I think he'll be able to alleviate some of the pressure that's going to be put on Calvin Ridley during games this season. And um, uh, Atlanta still has some other decent wide receiving options like Russell Gage. But uh, I just think that he's going to get probably 160 targets and so many yards and touchdowns. I mean, it, it's going to be ridiculous. The only reason I didn't pick Devonta Adams and or any other Packers player, they were extremely, extremely efficient. Who knows? With Aaron Rodgers, you could still be that efficient touchdown-wise um, this upcoming year. But I think it's just a little bit unsustainable. And I think Calvin Ridley is going to, you know, advance a little bit, and he'll be the offensive player of the year, in my opinion. Tommy? Yeah, I think those are both good picks. I'm going to go with somebody on a team that Mike uh, predicted to be in the Super Bowl. I'm going to go with Nick Chubb, um, two-time Pro Bowl. I'm expecting a big year out of him, and, you know, if he gets to – if the uh, Browns get to that point, uh, then he's certainly going to be a big part of it. Um, coming off of a year with, let's see, the 12 touchdowns. So um, I'm going to go with Nick Chubb. I don't know who to pick. Oh, my. It's very, very tough, very tough. I'm going to go with 
I'm gonna go with Devontae Adams. I think Connor really I honestly forgot. That's that's the thing. I totally forgot about Devontae Adams. And then when Connor said that, I was like, oh, that's actually a pretty good pick because Devontae Adams had an incredible year last year and he was out for week two, week three. I think he was out for, he was out for three few, weeks. A couple games, yeah. He was out for three weeks, missed Saints. Um actually no, he got hurt in the Lions game, missed the Saints game, missed the Falcons game, came back for the Buccaneers game. And that was just that was a really bad game for, you know, Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams and pretty much that whole offense itself. Um so you're adding another week, and I know everyone's getting another week to it, but you're adding another week to Devontae Adams' schedule, and I just think that his connection with Aaron Rodgers is going to be on another level. I think they're going to come out firing, and I think offensively, I think offensively they're going to sustain um, their rate because they lost – they did lose Corey Lindsay in the center position, and it's really – you know, it's a little red flag when you have a rookie, Josh Myers – starting at that center position but I think with Elton Jenkins who could really move anywhere he's versatile anywhere on that offensive line and then when you get David Bakhtiari back you got him back and um, AJ Dillon is really going to fill the spot for Jamal Williams so I think this offense is still going to be a top three offense and I think Devontae Adams is still target number one of course and you know you, you could be worried about Randall Cobb how, how he's going to do if he's going to steal targets I don't think he's really going to steal targets from a guy like Devontae Adams. We saw Devontae last year just with incredible route running, especially in that 49ers game is what I'm thinking back to. So I'm I'm going to go with Devontae Adams. And, Connor, I'm going to thank you for that because I would have definitely not went with Devontae Adams if you didn't say anything. I'm curious to know who your pick would have been if it wasn't Devontae Adams. Travis Kelsey. I think Kelsey's going to have a really good year too. And, you know, we I don't even know if a tight end's ever won offensive player of the year. I haven't looked that up. But – I think maybe once, but sorry, well, I don't know what movie you're gonna say. Hey, I if it was, it was probably Gonzalez, if anything, right? Not sure. But now that you brought up Travis Kelsey, that gave me a, a something I was thinking about earlier. I think Darren Waller could be a dark, dark horse for uh, offensive player of the year because he's going to be really the main target in Oakland. Obviously, they have some wide receivers getting hyping camp there, but Darren Wall is still that number one target. He's going to have 25%, 30% target share on a team that's going to need to pass the ball out with a bad defense. So I think Darren Waller, if, if you're if you're a betting guy and you want some value, look at Darren Waller. I think he's a sneaky pick. All right, we're finally toward, towards the end with the NFL MVP. Last year it was Aaron Rodgers. This year is a big question mark. There's a lot of great picks here. I'm very interested to see what everyone has to say. Um, I'm going to throw it to Connor first. Connor, I've been starting with you a lot, so let's hear what you have to say. I'm going to go with someone that you guys probably aren't going to agree with. No one else is going to say this guy's name. Um, but I have his team winning the division, and I think that he is really set up for a great, great season, and it's Kyler Murray in Arizona. I just think that he's going to be able to be so efficient with DeAndre Hopkins. You know, they, they have so they gained so much chemistry last year. Um, you know, he's a runner of the ball. He's going to be able to put touchdowns on the ground and through the air. And I just, I don't know. I see something special in this Arizona team this year that I, it just came out of nowhere. And I don't really know why I see it, but I just really see Arizona being a very special team this year, you know, adding JJ Watt, 
um, continued uh, chemistry with that offense. Cliff Kingsbury's on the hot seat. I think he's going to do everything he can um, to keep his job and keep this team fired up. I don't know. I, Kyler Murray's going to win MVP. Mike. Um, that's a good pick there, Tom. I'm, I'm a believer in Kyler Murray too. But I'm going to go Tom Brady here. Um, I, I still think he's going to have gaudy numbers passing-wise. He probably had, like, the quietest, like, 4,040 touchdown season last year. Really no one talks about it. I think he'll have something very similar to that, if not better, um, this upcoming season with another season to gain some, you know, timing and uh, chemistry with his wide receivers because he really didn't have that opportunity last year with the COVID season. Very limited tra- training camp <clears throat> and practice time throughout the year, which is a big reason why they start off slow. But I think when you have those type of numbers, and like I said before, when I said Bruce Arians is going to be the coach of the year, when you go 15-2, 16-1, it's very hard to pick against you for MVP. So I'm going with Tom Brady. Tommy. Yeah, I think those are all really good picks. I'm going to go with an obvious pick. I think I pick Patrick Mahomes. Uh, won MVP back in 2018. I think he's going to get his second this year. Um, you know, went to the the Super Bowl last year, obviously, and won the year before. So, um, you know, I have faith in him. I think he's going to come back with another really good year and uh, win the MVP. Yeah, I think that's a great pick, Tommy. I'm actually going to go with Patrick Mahomes, too. I think it's a, a safe pick, and I hate going with a safe pick like this, but um, – I think the Kansas City Chiefs are going to have the best team in the league. It's it's kind of hard to not say they will alongside the Buccaneers, Mike, like like you think. But Patrick Mahomes was so close to winning it last year. Aaron Rodgers just battled him out for that. But I, I don't think anyone's really going to be, be able to battle Patrick Mahomes out for this year. I, I think he's he's a really talented player, and he's he's going to have a ton of MVPs on his belt, I think, when he leaves the, the league. And I think that this is going to be another stepping stone to get his second one. So I'm going to go with Patrick Mahomes. Um, that's going to wrap up our, our way too early NFL awards. Any final thoughts, any final shout outs, dark horse players? Name not mentioned for MVP that I think could have a very good year. Um, just got a contract extension, Josh Allen. I, I think he'll be able to be really good there in Buffalo. Obviously, Tommy went with uh, Sean McDermott there uh, for coach of the year in Buffalo. I think Josh Allen's a huge piece. There you go. That's the end of the NFL awards predictions. Pretty much might is pretty much going to wrap up our NFL preseason uh, type of predictions alongside the NFL fantasy football draft, which will be coming up in a couple of weeks. But we got another go of the week to film another great one. We all have great athletes. Can't wait to see it. We'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome back to Goat Chat. We are back with the Goat of the Week to finish off this 99th episode. It's been a, a crazy that we're 99 episodes in. Not sure how many. I think we're 61 Goat of the Weeks in because um, we filmed twice a week for a period of time where we only did go of the week for one of those episodes. But it's been amazing. 61 weeks of Goat of the Week. Tommy notched his eighth win last week. <laughs> Hey, it's a big win. I didn't even know I won it until we started the segment prior. They told me that uh, I won. I had no idea. You remember who you had? I think Aaron Judge, right? Yes, you did. And you go to number 99. Hey, I mean, it should have been. I should have picked him. All right, Tommy. I hear rumor has it Jeff Passan told us that you're going with another Yankee for this. 
Jesse's correct. I'm always going to go with the Yankee if I can. We're going to go with Luke Voigt. You know, a little controversy around Luke because, uh, you know, obviously brought in Anthony Rizzo at the trade deadline, and then he was on the COVID IL. But when he came back, uh, Luke was playing really well. And, um, you know, Rizzo is going to take that first base job. And Luke was pretty vocal about it, saying, uh, you know, I deserve to play just as much as he does. Um, and he's certainly shown over the past week hitting 500. Um, let's take a look at the other stats. He's hitting 503 homers, 13 RBIs, um, and a walk. So he's been outstanding uh, for the Yankees. And, you know, I think they need to have uh, need to find a way to get him in the lineup every day. But, you know, that's another uh, topic of conversation. But he's had a great week, so I got to go Luke Boyd. Another great week, another great pick, Tommy, right there. Mike? I just want to say I'm very disappointed in our viewers for picking Aaron Judge last year. He's probably the last person who should have gotten go of the week. We, he was a good pick for go of the week, but I think me, Matt, and Connor all had much, much better picks. Anyways, I, I, getting hang on, hang on now. We're not going to throw any discreditation. I don't know the word that I'm trying to say towards Aaron Judge. He had two home runs in the Field of Dream games and then had another home run in Chicago to take the lead in a very pivotal point in a game. You know, I mean, he had three home runs, much like Eloy Menez did. Um, Tim Anderson had a walk-off home run that was and an RBI double. You know, I mean, Aaron Judge had the best stat line of the week. I, I did. I, Adam Wainwright was much better. Much better. Adam Wainwright. Yeah, Adam Wainwright. He threw a shutout in 88 pitches. Even he's 40 years old. It was crazy. Hey. Anyways. Go ahead, Tommy. No, I was going to say it was only my eighth win, Mike. I mean, come on. You can give me one. No, no slack. No mercy is going to be given out. Because this week, I'm going to take Max Muncy, who is making a major push for NL MVP right now. This past week, he has hit five home runs, 11 RBIs, walked three times, has a slugging of 1,000, and an OPS of 1385. He's been absolutely raking this past week. And... He's, he's a big reason why the Dodgers have one of the best records in May. I mean, May, August, excuse me, August. And uh, he's a big reason why they are making a real, real push for the NL West with the Giants out in front currently. But Max Muncy is 100% my go of the week here. Yeah, I mean, the Dodgers are on a, a nine-game winning streak, but I don't know, Max Scherzer and Trey Turner are really making themselves uh, – <laughs> making themselves in that nice royal blue there over in L.A. Connor, of the week. Yankees are also on a nine-game win streak. I'm just going to throw that out. We can't just give all the credit to the Dodgers. No. Um, uh, my go to the week is going to be someone who we may eventually see on a MLB ball field in uh, some future years. I'm going to go with a Little League World Series player. Obviously, you guys know that tournament's going on in Williamsport uh, right now. I'm going with Gavin Weir. I don't know if I said his last name correct. Um he is a part of the South Dakota Little League World Series team. Um, and he threw a no-hitter, a combined no-hitter. He threw five and two-thirds of the six innings. Um, but he struck out 15 batters, including all three in the third, all three in the fourth, and all three in the fifth. Nine straight strikeouts in a Little League World Series. This adds on to his resume of already in the Midwest Regional throwing a perfect game and a no-hitter. And this is just the second time a South Dakota team has ever won in the Little League World Series 
behind the arm of their pitcher, Gavin Weir. I'm going to go with Gavin Weir for go to the week. Another great pick there. Connor, do you know how old he is? I I don't. I want to say that he's 12. Holy crap. <laughs> All right. Well, that's another great pick, Connor. If you do figure out, I'd like to know the age because that, that's actually insane. Um, but for my go of the week, I'm going to go with Showtime Shohei Otani. Uh, this past, I want to say it was four days ago, which would make it uh, Thursday or Wednesday. Um, he hit his another home run to make it. He's the first player to hit 40 home runs this MLB season, really capping off a great year for Shohei. And, you know, in this week, uh, getting that is tremendous good because we know Shohei, how he's a two-way player pitching and batting. Um, I, I just think it, it, you have to give him recognition for this week, really, um, really making a name for himself and really um, playing tremendous and, you know, Shohei is, is my my go of the week. Showtime. Showtime Shohei Otani. I can't find his age on here. I'm looking at the roster. I don't see any ages. I oh, think they're all around 11 or 12. Yeah. I mean, he's he's young. And he, he's doing some incredible things. That's insane. It actually is. Any final thoughts? Great episode. Can't wait for next week. Such a big episode. So much time and effort put into this podcast. Uh, three great guys here alongside me. Can't can't wait to hit that milestone with them. Just keep pushing. Next week, episode 100. Stay tuned. Hit the subscribe button. Follow us on Instagram. Uh, follow us on TikTok. I, I know it's we've, we've been moving in, so there haven't been a lot of TikToks, but uh, I'm sure after this week, um, when we start classes and kind of get a schedule down, maybe there'll be more TikToks. I'm not going to promise anything. Um, but next week, episode 100, one of the biggest episodes of Goat Chat. We will see you guys next week.